0: Hey everyone, I am super excited to announce that my new book will be available on September 27th, The Lead-Through Method, The Proven Steps to Getting Unstuck, Leading Your Life and Getting Results. So mark your calendar, September 27th, stay tuned for more. Hi, this is Jose and this is the Jose Vargas Show. This podcast is for leaders who wanna be equipped and empowered to become leaders worth following both in their organization and in their homes. My mission is to help you create breakthroughs in your personal and professional life so that you can grow and live your life with excellence. And you are in for a treat today because in this episode I have the honor and the privilege of having a virtual leadership roundtable with amazing leaders from around the world literally from canada to the philippines and here in the united states Uh, we're going to talk about the highs and the lows of leadership and the principles that will help you succeed as a leader both personally and professionally and i'm joined by a group of great looking leaders today which by the way you can watch this uh episode as well on youtube and i'll put the link on the show notes below. So I want to introduce my guest today. I'm honored to have these amazing leaders from all walks of life, literally been amazing things and are doing amazing work around the world. Um, and I want to introduce them to you today. Uh, we have Mark. Mark, I don't want to, I don't want to butcher your last name and I can't say it right. So I'm going to have you say it.
1: It depends where you're at in Canada. If you're in English speaking Canada, it's pedipa, but if you're in Quebec, it's pitsypa. It means little step in English.
2: Oh, wow.
0: <laughs> so, Mark is a business coach. Thank you for that, Mark. Um, he's a business coach, a consultant, and he's the author of The 50 Year Old Millennial, all the way again from Canada. So, Mark, thank you so much for being here to have this conversation on leadership. I have a friend, Mike Rosado. He is the host of a podcast called Too Real with Mike Rosado. Mike is a pastor and the founder of Fervent Church, a growing church in New Jersey, and he's also a leadership coach. Um, Again, he's from New Jersey. Mike, thank you so much for being here. Eric Landblum, he is a retired U.S. Marine Corps officer and a combat pilot. He's also the founder of Leader Develop. Thank you so much, Eric, for being here. We have my friend from the Philippines, Rafael John Acantilado. Who is a teacher by profession, but he is also on a mission to amplify voices that matter by helping podcasters turn their listeners into clients. Um, He's in a brand new day over there in the Mm -hmm. Philippines. Thank you for being here, my friend. I also have a friend. uh, We have so much in common, and we met back in 2020. She was raised on the south side of Chicago. I was born in Chicago. I wasn't raised there, so but I was born there. And uh, she is the host of Bright Spot Podcast. She is a doctor in clinical child psychology, Andrea Mata from the USA. Hello. Thank you so much for being here. Hello, hello. And last but not least, we have Jay Lee. Uh, he was a chief master explosion ordnance disposal operator. He served five overseas t- tours, a certified high-risk naval instructor, and he is the now CEO of a personal finance coaching company serving both the u.s military special operations community and the civilian community in various occupations uh debt levels and income golden compass llc jay thank you so much for being here
3: hey, thanks so, for having me happy to be here with all of you
0: <laughs> absolutely so welcome guys welcome to the jose vargas show this podcast um again when well, we're trying to help leaders get unstuck so let's dive right into this conversation and i want to hear from you Right. Leadership is hard work, especially today, uh, more than ever. The past few years have been challenging. Um, I, I had an opportunity to talk to Pastor Mike, who's also uh, on the show today, and just just kind of picking his brain a little bit on, on the difficulties and the challenges of leadership. Uh, leadership is hard work, and especially during the crisis that we've been experiencing over the last couple of years. You know, leader, leading yourself, uh, leading a company, or leading at your job, is difficult and it's challenging work. So many things to navigate. I've had the opportunity uh, to lead in for-profits, nonprofit, and government organizations. And I can attest to this reality that it is challenging work. Uh, There's so many different hats that we must wear as leaders. Uh, there are so many different things that we, so many different attributes that we that we have to showcase. There are so many different things that we have to you know, do on a day-to-day basis and the continued growth as a leader right we can't stall it in our growth because we'll stall in our leadership so tell us about a time in your life and and in your leadership where you've been stuck simply stuck you you, you've hit the wall you don't know what to do or you didn't know what to do for the leader listening today that's going to be so encouraging but i want to hear your story tell us about that time in your life where you've been stuck
4: go ahead eric Back in 2000, I was, uh, I was an enlisted Marine. I was doing infantry in some, uh, with a boat raid unit, and I got the privilege because of my performance to become uh, raised to the ranks of officer. Um, but I had to go through officer candidate school with a bunch of you know fresh out college kids who were gonna be my peers. And in my ignorance and arrogance, I thought, because as I was being built up for this, I thought I knew it all, that this is gonna be Easy, I'm gonna win this thing you know I'm gonna be the leader that these guys need and all that stuff and we have this thing during each phase there's a three phase process and each phase you have what's called a peer evaluation and in this peer evaluation this is where your partners are telling you you know ranking who's you know who's the best leader of you know who they were truly following. And in my, like I said, in my arrogance, I really thought I was doing well until I was called into the um, drill instructor's office and said, Hey, we got a problem here. You are dead last. Why are you dead last? And that just woke me up. I was like, what do you mean? What am I doing? And it took, no kidding, about about three to five days to reflect on what I was doing wrong before I got booted out, before it, they would boot me out for failing to be a leader. Mm. So I had the ability to, to sit with um, people that were like, Hey look, you know, I need the honest feedback, we need to talk, what am I missing, what am I not doing right? And so what I failed to do was I failed, I knew the answers but I failed to include them into the vision. And that's the first thing that they needed to understand where I was coming from by telling them what was the vision, how we were going to do that through the mission, through the mission ideas, and then giving them my core values of how I wanted to help them be successful as a team with me. And so it took being rock bottom, dead last, ego busting, whatever. But those moments, I think, was probably the most powerful moment to help me sit down, reflect work with my peers and um, rebuild what could have potentially been destroyed within the team. So taking 60 people out for dinner on a Saturday was costly, but it uh, was was definitely worth it because that feedback, that uh, interaction, that made the remaining eight weeks of that 12-week class more successful in which we became the honor platoon we became the you know we did great things and um, of that group of 60 I think um, by the time I retired about 80% were still and working their way up the ranks towards uh, the colonel ranks and all that stuff so these guys did awesome work and I was glad to be part of that team to be part of that experience and have that rock bottom experience to help me understand the legacy of the unit is greater than legacy of any single person
0: Wow. That's so good. Anybody else want to jump right in? You can jump right in, guys. Go ahead, Jay.
3: Thanks. I would love to uh, hop in, Eric, because I share a very similar um, kind of uh, come to, coming to the light and figuring out what leadership actually was. And uh, when I was a brand new EOD guy, um, I just I was man, I was let's see, I was probably 19 or 20 years old, so pretty young. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're tasked with, you know, serving and supporting other units. And I'm just like, okay, I got to like be a man now. You know, that was my, that was my mentality then where it's like, okay, how do I convince these guys that I'm a man and they should listen to what I have to say. And that's just like, Mm -hmm. just talk loud and aggressive. And then that'll get my point across and they'll listen to what I have to say. So I was doing a drill. And this was like one of the best, one of the best mentorship moments that I had, not me, um, like mentoring <laughs> so me being mentor- mentored, um, they, he, my, my, it was my OIC, my officer in charge. He kind of pulled me over. He's like, what are you doing? I was like, what do you mean? What am I doing? No one died Not on this drill. You know, it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. We're, we're good. He's like, no, if you talk like that to anyone that we support. No one's going to bring you out on a mission. Then we kind of like, you know, after some, some more mentoring and everything like that, uh, I finally realized it was like, okay, yeah. Leadership is not about saying what you what your point is loud and aggressive. It's about influencing the people that you're supporting and getting that trust, like earning their trust. So they want to follow you because in my line of work back then that was life or death. Oh yeah. So, yeah. I can definitely resonate with what you were saying, Eric. Oh, yeah. a great point.
1: I can jump in there, Jose, if you don't mind, quickly.
3: Absolutely, Mark.
1: I had uh, gotten promoted to running a sports stadium. I'd kind of grown up in retail and and went into work for the Toronto Maple Leafs, Toronto Raptors here in Canada and Toronto FC. Took over their retail, their consumer products, and then got promoted into opening the first pro soccer stadium in Canada uh, at BMO Field. Long story short, you know, always a guy who wanted more. Now I'm opening a soccer stadium. I've got 2,000 employees, including part-times. And the opening's not going well. And we're getting closer and closer to the opening. And I'm getting more and more stressed. And my team is busting their hump. They are working 13, 14 hours a day without me asking. These are some of the people that have kind of walked through a wall for me. And I've always treated them really well. But now the pressure is hitting me as a leader. And it's how you react to the pressure in that moment. And I reacted poorly. And we, we finished our day from walking through construction. And I looked at all of them and I said, you, you guys shouldn't be very proud of yourself tomorrow. Let's go home and get some rest because you got zero accomplished today. Mm-hmm. I went home and I cried. I, I, I cried. I just sat there and I cried. And I'm like, that's not me. But like the pressure is killing me. And this is a turning point in my life. I'm either going to blame other people or I'm going to realize I'm a little, little over my head. And I'm going to ask for some help even if that's my own team. Brought the team in the next morning at 7 a.m., had a little tear again, told them I was sorry. And I have to tell you, that's never failed me since. Now, I try not to make it a habit to cry every day at work and have to apologize. (laughs) Um, But I think that was the the moment for me where, like, you know, you talk about authenticity as a leader and being vulnerable. It wasn't planned. To me, that's what it is. It's being able to trust that your team's still going to follow you even when you've screwed up and you can acknowledge it. So for me, that was the point where I got the most stuck and unstuck in a hurry.
0: And it's I, I see a theme here, like you guys had, had uh, uh, an awakening right then and there, like nobody really told you, hey, you need to do this, this and that, right? You really had a, an awakening. Hey, I'm being a jerk or, hey, this is not working for me or, hey, this is how I'm responding. Go ahead, uh, Andrea.
5: I can jump in there because you're talking about awakening. And so like mine was kind of a, literal awakening. So it was early 2018, so probably about four years ago to around this time. And I found myself waking up in the middle of the night and not being able to go back to sleep. And I was like, what is going on? I'm a pretty good sleeper. And so I started to take notes and I started to journal and I was like, okay, what is going on in my life where I'm waking up in the middle of the night? And i started to realize that i because i was a professor at the time at a small university and i started to realize like this wasn't where i wanted to be and this wasn't where i was meant to be even though i was a strong leader as a professor um and i was well liked and i was well respected and i helped my students um you know with everything that i had but i started to realize that i didn't want to be at the university because i wasn't agreeing with what the administrators were doing and so I, I sought some guidance and some mentorship some from some of my really strong leaders um, and mentors that i've had in my life and i was like okay like look I, I don't know what to do here and i remember the one being like okay well you can go out in private practice and you can you know it sounds like you're not really happy and so i was like okay i'm going to give them one more year going to give the university one more year and then god came in And he was like, hey, you're pregnant. And I was like, oh, can't, no, can't. (laughs) Bam, exactly, bam, okay, I'm not, okay. I'm supposed to be leaving, but I'm not leaving right now. And so then I, you know, because the university treated me very, very well with maternity leave, like nine months paid maternity leave can't really pass that (laughs) yeah exactly you don't pass that up because you don't get that anywhere else in the states maybe in canada mark maybe maybe
1: yes
5: (laughs) not in the states and so then i was like okay like let me but it was it was interesting because then in that next year that's when i had the opportunity to kind of take this new leadership role and offer a lecture series called fortifying the family and now that's my business's mission and so two years later i left so i actually left the university um this past july and i opened my own business called bright spot families but in that time in those two years that i was still at the university i had to realize like you have to stop focusing on the things that you don't have control over and you need to focus in and be a good leader for your students and focus on the things that you do have control over. And so from that point on, I decided, okay, what do I value in my job? I value the relationships with my students. I value leading my students and getting them into careers that they love and all of the other bullshit. I'm just gonna let go by the wayside because I have no control over administrators. And so like, that's a point where I was stuck, but, thankfully i got
0: out of it you know andrea thank you for sharing that and it sounds like that point in your life when or that season in your life because it was really a season you know <laughs> right um, yeah and it sounds like that season in your life uh was a season not only where you found yourself stuck but it was also the season of discovery right where mm-hmm. you allowed because you were because you were quote unquote stuck right yeah. you found uh, different aspects of what you were called to do, were created to do in this next season of your mm-hmm. life, right? Versus yeah. if you would have just said, you know, the heck with this, I'm I'm out of here. I, I don't want to do this, you know? Mm-hmm. So really God turned that, that, that inc- quote unquote inconvenient, right? And now is not the yeah. perfect time to be pregnant, right? <laughs> you no, know, not at all. Right. And it was that, that, that seemingly inconvenience that turned into the place where you were able to find, purpose and and find a new direction for your life and your career so oftentimes for the leader listening if you find yourself stuck today like mark and jay and eric and, and andrea just shared oftentimes it is in those moments where where you do uh, you know make a dumb decision or you do feel like you're really stuck uh, between a, a rock and a hard place that is where you find purpose so if you find yourself stuck today in your own personal life or in your leadership because we all know right and sometimes as leaders whether it is in the in the corporate world in the government world in the business world sometimes we com- compartmentalize i can never say that word um, <laughs> our, our lives right we think that that this part of leadership is different than 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 my personal life or my finances, right, Jay? So or, or and Brian, so everything is interconnected and everything affects another area. Just like Pastor Mike is here. He can he can attest to your faith component, right? Your faith affects other aspects of your life as well. And so when we find ourselves stuck, I often teach people that when you find yourself stuck in life, and I and I and I love talking to leaders because oftentimes the leaders, we think we have to have it all figured out. right we have to have it all figured out but the reality is sometimes we don't have it figured out and we find ourselves stuck in life or stuck in a decision or stuck in how to how to how to deal with this department or how do i deal with this uh, situation in, in 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 my business or whatever it is and it is in this place that that you begin this journey of getting unstuck and and i always say the the way to get unstuck is to figuring out where you currently are you know and first where, where are you today where are you that was one of the most ancient questions and i love that because it's figuring out where am i and that's what jay eric mark and that's what you all describe you figured out where am i really <laughs> and it is when you had that realization of man this is where i am I'm, i don't want to be here right it's your starting place to get that breakthrough and begin that process of getting unstuck uh, pastor mike would you like to share yeah
6: I had multiple times in my life where I was stuck, you know, stuck twice, two major times that I I instantly think of was when um, I've been in ministry for 20 years. um, But the first time uh, that I would say really, really stuck was like when I first planted the current church that I'm in right now, we planted it in New Jersey in 2012. And two weeks after we started our very first service, we got hit with Hurricane Sandy. And our whole town was, I mean, the town was like shut down, shut down, no power, no, like it was, it, it seemed like a post-apocalyptic city um, that we were living in. And so, you know, you, you we did a, so much legwork to get to that place like, um, and then just to see it come to a complete halt. Um, so that was like the first time I really felt like ultimately stuck, you know, all my chips were in the center of the, the table when it came to this new church plant. And so i was stuck there and then uh, if i'm honest one of the major uh times that that i've been stuck was these last couple years this season um we're uh i'm a pastor of a multi-site church and right outside of philadelphia and on the new jersey side and we're extremely diverse now a lot of times when pastors say diverse you have one or two black people that's not our case we have like all the colors of benetton represented in our church um but so that's really beautiful, right? Um, but in this season, it was a pain. It was a pain in the ass um, because there were everyone had opinions, everyone had um, different angles. We had the pro-maskers, the anti-maskers, the pro vaxxers the anti-maskers. Remember in the beginning, we were, we were like, "Yes, Black Lives Matter," but then the cops were pissed off because we said that. Um, it was. It was just like there was, there was no nothing that came out of my mouth. Uh, didn't piss somebody off in the congregation, right? We're, you know, just even a couple weeks weeks uh, into the pandemic, uh, I'm sorry, a couple months into the pandemic, remember there was like that incident with the Asian community, right? You know, I got up and I prayed for the Asian community and I got reprimanded by this white lady saying that we, I don't pray for white people enough. Um, or I'm always praying for other ethnicities I don't pray for white people. So it's those kind of things that like this season, man, like if I was involved, I would have been um you know going into this season but in those it, 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 with all that being said all of those things um every time i'm stuck i run into these three factors i run into if you have any kind of platform or you're leading you know an organization you know beyond 10 people you, you deal with the critics you deal with the challenges and then you also have to face your ch- your your own character mm. right those are the three things that when you're stuck you just those are the things you have to face you have to face the critics you have to face the challenges and you have to face your own character Um, and so you know with the critics uh and and i know sometimes i've been on other podcasts and they kind of uh try to wrestle with me in regards to critics oh critics aren't always a bad thing when i and to use the same glossary when i talk about critics critics aren't the people that are giving you advice Mm -hmm. critics are the people that they don't want you to change they want you to quit Mm, um, wow. That that to me is my definition of criticism. Those kind of critics, right? Like it's not even. Crit- I, I'm okay with constructive criticism, right. Um, right? But but it, for the sake of this conversation, when I say critics, they don't want you to change. They want you to quit. Mm. Um, and so you, you have those people, you know, attacking you. You have the actual challenge in front of you, and then you also have your character. And so um, I think the thing to, that that allowed me to get unstuck is that I had to sit, take a couple steps back, and say, what are the things I can't change. Mm. And then you're ready for this one the things i can't change i have to shift uh my mindset i have to have to have a paradigm shift that the things i can't change are actually gifts Hmm. then i got to figure out why those things are gifts
0: (laughs) wow that's so good
6: and that's that that was a game changer i can't change hurricane sandy okay how is it a gift so the way it was a gift was you know we're expecting it changed my paradigm you know 12 years ago like where it's like the church was like hey if you build it they will come but we couldn't build anything, everything was shut down. But instead, (laughs) it it mobilized us. We had to shift our budget to go, hey, we're gonna fill up U-Hauls with supplies, with water, with diapers, with all this other stuff and we're gonna reach out into the community. That actually catapulted us into a movement way faster than just a Sunday morning service. Mm -hmm. Again, those things I can't change, I have to consider it a gift, right? Mm -hmm. And so it it requires me to change and and it it helped me like, to to, forge my character a little bit. Same thing even now where, i i can't change what's happening with the pandemic or the political arena so it's a gift mike so how is it a gift okay now i have to play the mediator and so i started embracing the opportunity to teach our church to live in harmony and live in unity and that where we don't have agreement let's have alignment right mm-hmm. and, and and if you and if you disagree you could disagree and not be disagreeable and so I, start, I started helping us kind of shape our character as a church, because yes, that diversity is beautiful, uh, but it needs to be stewarded well. Um, so wow. anyway, long story short, I don't want to preach here, but no, no, this I think, is good. I think, I think the thing that that really kicks me out of stuck mode is okay. What are the things I can't change? Okay, I can't complain about them. Hmm. I, I can't moan about them. They're a gift. I got to figure out how they're a gift.
0: Hey there, before we continue the episode, let me just share my gift to you as a way of saying thanks for tuning in. Become a leader worth listening to by discovering the top 10 reasons why people listen to you. Download now through the link in the show notes below. Now, back to the episode. So, Mike, you said three things. You said they're going to be when you're stuck in your leadership and you, and you were real, uh, vulnerable with us and we appreciate that and that's what i believe leaders need more than ever right other vulnerable leaders who will who will say hey this is how we lead and it's okay to lead this way but you said that you pay attention to the critics you look at the challenge and then you look at your character and i love that because especially the third one your character who you are as a leader right what's going on inside of you so does anybody else want to share on what mike said or what any or what we're talking about here
3: yeah, if I could, uh, this is Jay. If I could piggyback on what uh, Pastor Mike was saying. I mean, yeah, that sentiment was great and awesome pointers. The, the self-awareness and just knowing where you're at right now is so big, so huge. And it's, yeah, we need to have goals and focus on where we want to be. But if we're constantly thinking about, oh, that's where I want to be, hmm. that's burnout. I mean, that's 100% burnout and that's all we're going to be thinking about. And when it's not happening, that sucks, right? You're not going yeah. to, the, the, that just sucks. I mean, I'm sure we all have experienced this uh, phenomenon, what I'm talking about. Yes. But once we acknowledge where we're at right now and own it, then it's just growth. Now, now we are ready to grow. Uh, and that's so important for leaders out there. Like just because you are a leader doesn't mean you're leading anyone, right? right. Uh, you could just be in that position. And leadership is when you are influencing others to do what you say because they want to do it, not because you told them to do it, but they want to do it. They believe in what you said, and they believe in the mission. Um, and that's never going to happen if you're not self-aware. So that was, that was huge.
0: Yeah, you know, I love that, Jay, and it's so true. And, and it even piggybacks what Mark was saying earlier, where, where sh- you have to show that vulnerability. You know, Mark said, you know, jokingly, I'm not going to cry in every meeting, and absolutely you shouldn't, right? But, <laughs> but there's moments in your leadership when, when you don't get it right. There's moments in your leadership, whether it's at home, whether you're leading your kids, whether you're leading, you know, oftentimes it, it, it just, one of the, one of my pet peeves is when I see leaders leading in the corporate, corporate place or in the marketplace, and yet they're not leading at home, right? They're not leading in their community. They're not leading the, it, with the people closest to them. And we all know that a, a ripple effect of change happens, the places closest to you, right? So you throw that stone out, there's a ripple effect of change outwardly, but I believe it starts inwardly. And what Mark was saying, showing that vulnerability, um, even if you have to apologize like he did, right, and say, hey, guys, I'm sorry, but I messed up. Guys, I'm sorry, but I screwed up. And that could help you catapult or catapult you to that next level and help you get unstuck, right?
5: Can I say one thing about Mike? My- what Absolutely. I,
0: that, yes. Go so for the, it.
5: the critic piece. So being a psychologist, like I love be some critics. <laughs> um, difficult people <laughs> are like my jam because here's the thing: if you can pull them in and mm-hmm. get a critic on the same page with you, life is so much easier and believe me it grinds my gears when everyone brings you know you have a critic and they're just like bringing problems and problems and problems and they have no solutions for you but for me i like to take a sit like a like a just take a set like step back and say okay what is it that this critic needs right now Mm. which of the four a's do they need do they need appreciation (laughs) do they need acknowledgement do they need Um, acceptance, or do they need approval? Because if you can figure out which of those four A's that critic needs, chances are they're going to come into the fold and they're going to be your most loyal
0: followers.
2: That is so true. Go ahead, Brian. Yeah. So something that I have found really helpful in terms of getting unstuck and dealing with critics is uh, really leaning into community Uh, And I don't mean just uh, the people around me in the organization or the people I'm leading, but uh, people outside, people who know me, who can lead me toward a more self-aware place, like Jay was saying. Uh, Community was a huge theme in my life in 2021 and, um, you know, the amazing thing about having close friends uh, that know you that aren't emotionally attached to the situation you're leading in, uh, they uh, are not going to take the criticisms as personally as you do so they might be able to kind of sit down with you and sift through them and say you know what this person, they may have. Uh, a good point that you just can't see because it's a blind spot or they might say, well, that person is uh, just a complete hater and troll and you should ignore them and, you know, never think of them again, uh, but leaning into community is going to put you in a place uh, where you can see what you're not seeing uh, having friends around you they don't even have to be. Uh, People who are experts in a certain area, although if they have leadership expertise, that's great because you can learn from their mistakes, but uh, just people who can say, uh, you know, I know this about you, I know this about your personality, and I can see how someone who doesn't understand your personality uh, might chafe a little bit about you saying something to them the way you said it or I can understand how uh, this policy that you put in place is making that single mom feel singled out and you completely didn't see it. A community like that can really help uh, encourage you, strengthen you in the times that you feel stuck, that you feel like you're just being overwhelmed by haters. And um, for me, it's given me a lot of pathways out of situations that I thought were completely hopeless.
0: Mm, That's so good. Thank you, Brian. So on point. So Let's just recap a little bit. If you're stuck in in your leadership personally or professionally, and you guys can add to this if I miss any, but just to piggyback what uh, Pastor Mike was saying, Brian was saying, all of you really pay attention or at least look at what the critics are saying. Am I right? Right. Look at what the critics are saying. If you're stuck in that area, um, lean into community and learn from them because they have something of value to tell you. dissect your challenge whatever challenge you might find yourself in dissect that break it apart why is this causing me to to be stuck in and then analyze or or maybe analyze your challenge and dissect your character how about that so now leadership is challenging but leadership is not all challenging right the reason we're in leadership is because we also enjoy the beauty of leadership which is to see people's lives transform We want to see, we want to help other people. We want to serve other people. So what principles you think can a leader be reminded of today if, if they're at a down point or if they're, they're at a point in their life where they're wondering, should I continue to lead? What moment or a story in your own life where you realize this is why I lead. It gets challenging. It gets tough, but you know what? This is why I lead. What was that
3: moment for you? I'll take point on this one. Go ahead, Jay. When I was doing, uh, I was doing personal finance coaching and I was still in the military and I was going around to different commands and I would do budgets, right? I would do budget coaching with the top three people at the command. So that's the, in the Navy, that's the the commanding officer, the executive officer and the command master chief, uh, two, two officers and and a senior enlisted. And I had the luxury of knowing their reputations around the community. And that was huge because I started noticing a pattern of the those that had everything kind of squared away already in their budget. They were living within their means, consistently investing in retirement. They had an emergency fund. They, you know, so on and so forth. Um, they had a good foundation financially. That's what they were doing at home. Hmm. Their reputations typically, and I don't know the math on this. I, I, I forgot to do the math on this, but typically, right? I would say nine times out of 10, it was they, those are the reputations that they made decisions based off of the command members, the mission. And that's, that's what they, that's how they made decisions. Now, those people that I did budgets with that, you know, it kind of was brought to light. They were very overextended, living outside their means, had, you know, six, four to six uh, rentals, two of which were vacant. Um, you know, maxed out credit cards, just like way overextended, no emergency fund. Um, they were they, they those were the types that had the reputations of chasing rank, chasing medals. And Jose, in your background, I mean, I'm pretty sure you saw the same type of you know, structures of people like, okay, chasing this rank, chasing this, this next qual or whatever, so I can just level up right. on paper. Right. I'm leveling myself up on paper. I'm not making decisions based off of anyone. I'm doing this all to make myself look good. It turns out in their personal lives, they're hurting. Okay. Yeah. They're hurting. And that's a huge leadership kind of that was another awakening that I had of like, okay, this is this is linked. And that's when I got into leadership coaching also. Mm. It's like it all start. and what you were talking about in the beginning of you know, faith, family, finance, all these things are linked and they they are a direct reflection of the leader that you are. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if you're treating your family like garbage, if your finances are in disarray and you're not paying attention to it, that, I mean, those two things alone yes. are gonna cause so many problems for you because it's just always going around in the background, right? Mm-hmm. It's always in the background. And when you have work stuff, when you're trying to lead people, that is going on still. Mm-hmm. And the faith aspect, I mean, that's great. You know, You have to believe in something even if you're, if you're a secular person, you got to believe in something, right? Doesn't matter. Believe in something bigger than yourself. You know, whether that's the mission you signed up to do the job that you're at, what they're doing, what their mission statement is, or if it's your company, what is your mission statement? You got to have faith in that. And those are so big. That's so good. Go ahead, Pastor Mike. Just to piggyback
6: on what, what Jay just said, um, on the many times I've, I've wanted to quit. I think every good pastor has like a, like a resignation letter in their draft box right um but the every time i wanted to quit um you talk about you know when jay mentioned the whole faith dynamic and i'll translate this even outside of my own faith framework but every time i wanted to quit i uh i go back to there's a story of jesus in the garden in uh in matthew 26 and he's in the garden and he's he's praying and he's basically praying a quitting prayer Um, Mm. some people, some people don't like to frame it that way, but it's true. He's saying, God, father, if, if, if he can take this, take this cup away from me. Um, so the reason I reference that is because you had Jesus, who's supposed to be our example. He literally had to go to the father and get permission to quit. Mm. And, and he didn't get that permission to quit. And so whenever I want to quit. I have to go back to the authority that put me on this mission in the first place
5: Mm.
6: and get permission to quit right um and so you know i i then obviously the answer so far has been no you're gonna keep going right but so in that i take my my posture has to change all right god i'm not gonna insult you with small thinking and safe living i'm gonna keep on going right i'm gonna keep on moving forward um so even outside of a framework of of you know my personal faith but you know, like what Jay said, you know, even from a secular mindset, there was something, there's a calling that you felt there's, you know, the universe, you, you, you felt like the universe wanted you to do this in the beginning, and or you felt like, you know, you're the CEO of a company, man, really saw this in you, um, to kind of go back to that and get permission for the person who helped you catapult this into, so you know, a forward motion, get permission, can I still quit, right? Because even though you're losing faith in yourself, they'll probably still have faith in you.
3: Hmm that's so good and to piggyback on that at the end of the day as a leader it's not about us you know it's not about us it's about those that we're leading we're serving them yeah well we should be and if we quit i mean think about it it's you're not just quitting on you you're quitting on a lot of other people
7: that point right there from jay is literally also the reason why why i started leading like we really need to think bigger than ourselves and not just in the now but more so like beyond our lifetimes even because imagine if we stop eating like for the good things and the good causes that we are involved in right now what will the generations um in the future look like Mm. it's one important question that we also want to ask ourselves whenever we're faced with a time when we, we want to quit. Mm-hmm. Um I remember my my father would always illustrate this. Um uh, by the way my father is also a pastor and uh <laughs> I'm always in the front seat when he says this. But <laughs> like he always says that he wants to still live like up to seventy, eighty years old just for the sole reason that he wants his grandchildren to you <laughs> know, to come to church, to Sunday school. Whenever my father says that, I always think of the future generations. I always think of the young people to come, the next fathers, the next soldiers, the next teachers, the next pastors, the next businessmen. And so when we are faced with this question of like, am I going to quit? Like, I think it's also really important to ask how long or how far will the good thing or good cause that I'm leading right now last?
0: That is so good. Wow. RJ nailed it right there. Guys, thank you so much. This was very valuable, very insightful. And I know that the people listening to this show um, are going to be encouraged, which is our mission here, right? Encouraged. They're going to be awakened and they're going to give some practical tools. You guys dropped some gold. Thank you so much for sharing a Saturday with us. Take care. If you have any questions or suggestions for upcoming episodes, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram or email me directly at jose at reachinghirenow.com. Thanks for listening. Until next time.